Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Anita Che, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page XVII, the very last paragraph, paragraph four, beginning with, with the appearance, and ending on page XVII, with the words 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. Today's readers are, for the OA 12 Steps, Jane F., the 12 Traditions, Lauren N., and the readers of the text this morning are Terry H., Julie R., and Dion R. The share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, December 7th, wait, they both can't be the 7th, yesterday must have been the 6th, 9333. Tuesday's share is 9333. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Jane F. to read the OA 12 steps for us. Good morning. Um, Can you hear me okay? Perfect. Great. Um, My name is Jane F. from New Hampshire. And I am a compulsive overeater, grateful to be in recovery. Um, The 12 steps of OA. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our own. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'm grateful for for you allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you very much, Jane F. And I will now ask Lauren N. to read the 12 traditions for us. Good morning, my fellow OAers and visionaries. Um, I'm so pleased to do this service. So, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place us to place principles before personalities. I thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you very much, Lauren N. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, 
Then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XVII at the very bottom of of the page, paragraph four, beginning with, with the appearance. And I will now ask Carrie H. Well, before I ask her, there's some kind of scratching, noisy sound. Would everyone please make sure they're they're muted? Okay. All right. I will ask Carrie H. Somebody must be on a speakerphone. There's an echo... I'm unmuted, Anita. I don't know if it's me, but... Oh, it's you. If, if it's you, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> Please go, Terry H. Thanks, Anita. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maine. With the appearance of this new book, a great deal began to happen. Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick, the, no- the noted clergyman, reviewed it with approval. In fall of 1939, Fulton Ulcer then editor of The Liberty, printed a piece in his magazine called Alcoholics and God. This brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries into this little New York office, which meanwhile had been established. Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out of existing groups were referred to these prospective newcomers. New groups started up and was found. To the astonishment of everyone, the A's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. By the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way. And I'm grateful to be here this morning. I'm I'm so excited for this paragraph because, again, it shows how A is growing. And um, uh, the story story of the article of Fulton Alter, he was the editor of the Liberty printed... um, printed um, in this magazine called Alcoholics and God, and the article was written in um, uh, September 30th, 1939, and the Liberty Magazine article, Charlestown of Towns Hospital, where Bill W. sobered up, tried to get some some publicity for AA, and he finally succeeded. So Charlestown, he was the owner of Towns Hospital. He had known this well-known writer named Morris Mackey. And Morris was intrigued with Town's um, interest in AA and had told him 
about, you know, how AA was progressing, and then appro- then he was approached. Um, Fulton Ulcer, then editor of the Liberty, also saw the possibilities and told Morris Mackey to bring the story to him, and he would print it. So in September, thir- September 30th, 1939, when the Liberty article was, uh, piece hit the newsstand, Bill thought it was a little bit shocking in the title, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, alcoholics and God would, would scare some prospects off, but the outcome was the Liberty Magazine received 800 urgent um, pleas for help, which were promptly turned over to Bill W., who then turned them over to A's first um, non-alcoholic secretary, Ruth Hawk, for response. And then um, Ruth wrote five personal letters to every one of them, enclosing a leaflet which described the A Big Book. The response was wonderful. Several hundred books sold at once at full retail price of $3.50. So the good news was spreading. And, um, I, think it's, I just think it's interesting that um, here we are with 800 from, so from September to December. That's in, in three months. Three months, 800 more frantic inquiries, you know, come into this little New York office. And, you know, if you do your math, you know, 800, um, eight, so three months is 90 days. So 800 divided by 90 days is like nine alcoholics a day that were, you know, coming in and, and inquiring about the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so nine times 30, 30 days equals 270 a month. And so 270 months times three months is about 810 alcoholics. So, you know, the word was spreading and, you know, it was getting out. And, you know, here they are. They're now unified. You know, they have an aim and a goal and a message. And um, the piece where it says that A's message could be transmitted, what is A's message, you know? And um, A's message is that we as alcoholics are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And the message is the 12 steps in a relationship with the God of your understanding and um, I just think it's it's just so great that their message was that you know that we could we have a place to recover and um, be, the obsession be removed and um, uh, it just I just I love I just love this the history and um, I guess that's it. Thanks for letting me share. No pass. Thank you, thank you so so much, Terry. Who else would like to pass on, uh, share on this um, paragraph? Mister R. Larry and Melissa R. Judy K. Melissa C. Melissa C. and Judy K. All right, let's start with these four. Larry, Nessa, Melissa C. and Judy K. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. Larry K., a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So I like the history that Terry provided. Um, I'll just expand a little bit on that history. We see kind of the divine intervention of this all. So there was this guy um, who was uh, drinking whiskey in his bed out in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area. And he was also taking uh, depression medication as well. A guy by the name of George S. And he, he was a drunk of the hopeless variety out in Philadelphia around this time. And he went to his uh, his mailbox and, and he, he pulled out the, uh, he didn't know it at the time, but he pulled out a magazine, couldn't hold the job at the time, pulled out a magazine that he had a subscription to, the Liberty uh, magazine. And there was an article that he read that Terry talked about. 
and he read this article with intrigue because it talked about uh, people getting getting well. And and this guy, uh, as a result of that article, he began to, to sober up after reading that piece. Maybe not right after, but and what he did is he wrote to the New York office, and he was put in touch with another drunk in Philly by the name of Jim Burwell. And Burwell was a traveling salesman, and, and that's what they did. Is Ruth Hawk, you know, put not only sent out pamphlets and information and access to the big book, but also put people in touch, you know, as this kind of network, this divine network, began to become established. And that's why those of you in in the Philly area, you have twelve step meetings to go to today. Thanks to to George, uh, George S. and, and Jim. And this Liberty article, we see what the what the divine you know nature of this this intervention was. The very first AA meeting was held in George's home in Philly, and you know the same deal right here in Chicago. You know, thanks to that Liberty article and God's intervention, you know we have meetings today. And I mean, is it is it crazy to think that there was some sort of divine intervention that because we wouldn't be on the line this morning, would we, if AA hadn't started? If people weren't getting well, if there wasn't some sort of, um, you know, some sort of divine intervention for OA to start and eventually for the message to get to us, hopefully not a watered-down message, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. That's why our history is, is perhaps our greatest asset because we can tie, you know, we can connect the dots from the very beginning and we can see here in December of 2016 why we have the opportunity to get well. Not just to, to, to diet with group support, but to actually get well where the obsession is lifted is a divine, extraordinary, extraordinary phenomenon. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Larry Kay. And good morning, Nessa. You're up. Hi. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I guess the one phrase that's speaking to me this morning is AA's message. And it's singular, it's not plural, it's AA's message. There is only one message. And the message is, we have a problem. We have an allergy of the body that ensures that we cannot eat like normal people. We have an obsession of the mind, which ensures that we um, will continue to try to control our foods, um, even though we have failed every single time. Um, we have a solu- that's step one. We have a solution, which is a spiritual solution found in a power greater than ourselves, and that's step two. And then we have a practical program of action, uh, which helps us reach that solution and remain in that solution. Those are steps three to 12. You know? So step one tells me where I am. Step, st- step two tells me where I want to be. And steps 3 to 12 um, tell me how to get there and stay there. And that is the only message. Um, that is the only message. There are no other messages. And as long as I um, keep my mind focused on this message and don't try to model it and change it and uh, add, subtract, etc. Um, finding different ways, maybe something is easier that requires less work, um, trying to find 
reasons why I don't need it, trying to um, find uh, reasons why this won't work for me, etc., etc. If I keep my mind focused on this message, I will get what these people got, which is uh, recovery. Not only I will get recovery, but I will keep recovery. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nessa R. And Melissa C., good morning. You're up. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa Say, um, recovered in New York. And, you know, I think about, like, how all the um, inquiries they got were painstakingly um, responded to. And, um, and yeah, of course it was, because when you have the answer, when you have um, the message, it's like you're on fire. And, You've got to carry it. You've got to tell people. It's, you know, I know I feel that way sometimes, and it is painstaking because, you know, on the flip side, this disease is painful. And, um, you know, and my um, need for the food, my need, you know, to live in my disease um, took hold over everything. It didn't care how much pain it caused in my life. And so carrying the message and living in recovery is painstaking because um, I will do it no matter what, and I'm excited to do it, you know. So, of course, these people were um, responded to no matter how much work it took, and um, and that's what I find here, you know. And so the other thing that jumped out at me was how um, people were astonished that this message could be carried um, via the mail. You know, and that was the kind of the same astonishment I felt um, to discover that the message could be carried by the phone. Like, I, I, you know, when I first was, um, you know, suggested to me, you know, why don't you call a meeting, um, I thought, you know, I didn't think that it was possible. I thought recovery could only happen in a room you know, face-to-face, and that the message could not be carried this way. And my God, was I surprised, you know, and astonished. And, you know, and so what I found here that really, um, you know, to this day I still see continued is people painstakingly carry the message on this line. You know, the first time I introduced myself, before I think my, my phone was fully hung up, um, I was getting calls back from people. I was getting outreach calls. You know, any time that um, people ask for support, like, we get it here. You know, it is, um, the message is being carried. And it's amazing that um, it can be carried via the phone, you know. It just tells me that um, God is alive and well in all forms of technology, wherever one compulsive overeater is looking to help another, their God is found. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Melissa Kay. And Judy Kay, good morning. I mean, Melissa C. Judy Kay, good morning. Good morning, and thank you. And my name is Judy Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I, too, wanted to focus on that sentence, each inquiry was painstakingly answered. And I'm thinking back to my entrance into OA, with, and I'm um, feeling very humble and grateful this morning. Uh, my, the first time, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to start a timer. I'll, I've the, got the one, first, don't worry. Thank you. The, the, I wrote to Ann Landers, and who for, 
uh, or rather, I'm sorry, I had um, got that information from Ann Landers' newspaper columnist and wrote to World Service Office. And a few days, several days later, I got a letter from somebody. And at that time, I put it in, put it away in case I needed it sometime. Wasn't ready. Six, about six months later, I was ready. And that person had given me an information to an area in, in, my, in my home t- um, state, and I wrote a, a, a long letter about all the trials and tribulations that were going on, and somebody, somebody sent me a long, compassionate, heartfelt letter back, and that was my that was the day that I decided to join OA. And I am thinking about had that woman not responded to my letter. I don't know where I would have been if I'd been in OA. And I am so very grateful. So both of my entrances, so to speak, in OA was to somebody taking care, diligent effort, painstakingly answering my letters. And I am so grateful. And it reminds me that I have the same responsibility to go forth and and continue to carry the message to other people and when people reach out that that it's my responsibility to um, respond with loving care and carrying this message um, to OA. And I am so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Judy Kay. And now we're open again. Who else would like to share? Press star one to unmute. Bassa O. Kathy K. Bassa O. Kathy K. Harlan G. Harlan G. Rachel W. Rachel W. All right, we'll go with those four. Vasa O. Kathy K. Harlan G. And Rachel W. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Anita J., and thank you for your service, and I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive, Rita, calling from Florida. I love this paragraph. It shows how much AA and OA has grown over the years. I, would, I wouldn't be here if I didn't hear the message from somebody else. So grateful that God put that woman in my life in those years, uh, hearing about the allergy of the body, the mental obsession how to put the food down and trying to put it down and pick it up and put it down, pick it up, you know, many, many, many years I did. And uh, to, to, you know, to stick with the message, finally here. She said the recipe, the direction is right here, but we have to stick to the big book. And I cannot straight to look for the solution somewhere else any longer because I did. I looked for the solution, and it did not work, you know. Uh, I remember getting a phone call when I came to my first or second meeting for the first time, and it really made a, a difference. I just felt like this woman cared, and she welcomed me at this other meeting. And uh, I remember there was a woman that came from California that spread the message 
in our area. You know, I don't know if it was the East Coast or maybe just in our area, you know. And I did read in Dear Abby years ago before I found programs, something about food, people had food, um, had more struggling with food addiction. And I guess I wasn't ready to hear it at that time because I wasn't obese, you know. And I thought that was really for people that were really, really obese, you know. And uh, so God put somebody in my life years later, and I was ready, and I was so, so ready at that time to hear the message. And I remember when we moved, we come to Florida for the winters from Massachusetts. And this happened like only six years ago, and I remember getting a little panicky, and I go, oh, my God, I better find a meeting down there. And my husband did resent me when I came to OA because there were a lot of changes happening within inside of myself, you know. And he has seen the changes, the good changes that happened. And I was a little concerned. So he got on the computer. He found an OA meeting for me right down here. And so like a mile and a half. And, I mean, there's meetings now. They're, they're all over. And, of course, it depends. You know, up Maine and countries, uh, in different parts of the country, they're not as close. But I'm so grateful for the phone meetings. I mean, I am so, so grateful for this vision for you. It's, uh, you know, I can be home, I can get on that, or I can listen to the back call number later. This is such a blessing. It's such a gift for me and for all of us. You know, we can still carry the message. What a gift, you know. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you very much, Sasa. Oh, Kathy Kay, good morning. You're up. Good morning, Anita J. Uh, thank you for your service. This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater in Boston. And, um, you know, today as I was listening to everybody's shares, I remembered my first OA meeting, which I went to with a friend who had lost a lot of weight and that was certainly helpful, but what really mattered was the person who came up to me before I left at the end of the meeting and started to befriend me and talk to me. And um, I would have to say today, and I never recognized it, that she really was my Ebby. Um, I think for me right now, it's very easy for me to just, respond to uh, people who reach out to me when I put my name out on the line. I do a lot of service, and I benefit from doing that service. But I'm not sure I'm going to any lengths like this paragraph suggests. I'm not sure I'm being painstaking in my outreach to bring uh, awareness of OA to people who would really benefit from it. Um, I've become very reliant on our phone meetings and other phone meetings. And while I do attend a couple of face-to-face meetings, uh, not regularly, and um, there are other ways to do outreach in terms of medical professionals and so on. So this paragraph really inspires me to think beyond my current service and uh, how else might I spread the reach of our program. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Kathy Kay. Good morning, Harlan G. Good morning. Good morning. Can I be heard? 
Yes, you can. Oh, good. Harlan G., recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's neither cold nor snowing today, and I'm very grateful for that. Ausler and uh, Fulton Ausler and uh, Harry Emerson Fosdick. What did they have that helped carry this message? Certainly, Liberty Magazine was a beautiful mouthpiece for everything, but they had credibility. They established credibility among their communities. And we, as compulsive overeaters, are carrying a message whether we want to be carrying one or not. If we are carrying the message of the illness, we can hurt people. If we are carrying the message of the recovery, we can help them. So what I want to charge myself with today is to establish that credibility through my behaviors, through my attitudes, through my, through my life. This period of time is so vital. Let's take a look at something else that's not talked about here. Because tomorrow when we talk about Rockefeller, and we're going to talk about some very important historical things, I would not miss tomorrow's meeting were I anyone. But we also have something happening in Los Angeles, California. Many of us are headed there for the OA birthday. I hope to meet some of you there too. We have a woman who was married to Morty Josephson. Morty Josephson and I celebrate the same holidays. And his wife, as the result of this publicity, she gets a hold of a pre-publication manuscript, even though the book was already out. Could you imagine what that would be worth today on the open market? She gets a hold of a pre-publication manuscript, takes the manuscript out to Los Angeles, and 10 drunks in Los Angeles meet at the Cecil Hotel, which was a three-bag hotel in L.A., while their wives waited in the lobby for them to be cured. They go into the meeting. They've never been to, there's not one person in there that's even been to a meeting, and Morty Josephson takes the pre-publication manuscript, and he starts a custom that every one of us follows today. He read, he looked through there, he looked through the table of contents, and he looked through and he read how it works from the beginning of Chapter 5 through the ABCs, the heart and lungs of our program. And that is a custom that is followed in every meeting today. And every one of us on this line, including me, has that responsibility today to carry the message. But we can only carry it if it has depth and weight, and we can only carry it if we demonstrate through our lives the recovery that we're inviting others to share. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Harlan. And Rachel W., good morning. You're up. Good morning. It's good to hear you on the line. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Aviator calling from New York. Thank you for your service. And good morning, everyone. And, um, you know, it, it's so important to learn about the history of our fellowship. And I, throughout the years, I never really knew much about it until I came into Vision for You. But, you know, just to talk about individuals who saw the vision and brought it to reality. And one element that always fascinates me is that, you know, events occurred because of singular actions. You know, it's it's the actions of individuals that move nation, nations into war. And um, it reminds me that, you know, at the same time, there's there's like this undercurrent beneath all of us that that 
you know, runs at the same time at the, at the, on the one hand, you know, telling me like, you know, things are happening without you. You're actually, you know, you're not that important, you know. Um, and on the other hand, it's telling me that everything you're doing really does matter. So, um, you know, at the, my actions are everything. They matter. They matter in my recovery. They matter in this fellowship, um, in my private moments when I choose to be absent and do the work. My personal actions and your personal actions are helping to build and expand this fellowship. So here they are, you know, planting seeds, you know, decades ago that would later on is my great grandfather went to AA, who knows, but, you know, and, and here, here it is now saving my life, you know, and, and, and these are just, this is just how, how great it is, the actions of what individuals can do. And I don't mean to diminish in, in any way their own recovery, but the bottom line is that, you know, throughout the years, we learn more and more about, about addiction and, you know, uh, that the, the power of this addiction goes so much further than, than just alcohol, right? That we could become addicted to other things as well. And, you know, so much of what I hear on the line and, and, and the recovery that I hear on Vision for You that has been so nuclear for me is hearing recovered alcoholics being addicted to food and recovering from that. You know, these are not recovering people. These are warriors. You know, these are people that I'm attaching myself to, and it's it's given me an incredible recovery experience. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, really wanted to just also mention that, you know, the idea that am I, am I replacing, you know, uh, God in any way, you know, whether it's, you know, with my food addiction down this past Sunday, we had this special edition. It was really enlightening to me that even in recovery, even in abstinence, I could be using my food as a way to replace God, you know, and that's really what this whole thing is all about. So I'm really, really so grateful um, that, you know, just to be here on the line and absolutely incredibly grateful that, you know, God shifted history and used, you know, you know, you use these people as messengers and that we're all here on the line today and any newcomers that are here, um, just stick around. We're here for you. And I just want to show everyone a great day. Thank you for letting me to share. Thank you very much, Rachel W. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Leanne N. from New York. Leanne N. Nancy R. Nancy R. Wayne C. Wayne C. Shannon F. Mike from Florida. Shannon F. And who was the last one? Mike from Florida. Mike. All right. I think maybe we can, we'll see if we can get all of you in. We'll try. Leanne N., please go ahead. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, all. Thank you for your service. Um, I just wanted to comment on carrying the message and thank everybody for the, the, the uh, rich history that I'm learning through your shares. Um, I want to speak to the people who may be still in the food or, like myself, had relapsed into the food and were just so desperate to get out. The history is very important to me so I can learn that this is a solid program and consistent and not make the same mistakes um, as other people have made in the past um, and I myself have made. Um, going back to the forward to the second edition that we read, it said, this seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another as no alcoholic could. It indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic or one food addict with another, was vital to permanent recovery. So if you are still in the food and um, you're just desperate to get out, yes, the history is so important, but you can be part of this history today. 
stay on the line. Get somebody who can take you through. Give your number out because there are people who need you to to stabilize their own recovery or to enhance their own recovery. Um, they need to take you through this. And you can start today just by learning about the doctor's opinion and learning what this disease is for us and how to get out. Um, it could be because it starts with abstinence, but when we're in the food, we just don't know how to get out. And I know that that was my story. And I, I really needed to be going right back through the doctor's opinion and understanding it. And that's available to us all here on the line in this great program that Visions offers us. Um, and, and there's your step zero, which you can start today and be part of this history that we're learning about um, that Bill W. and Bob, Dr. Bob um, began for us. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Thank you very much, Leanne and Nancy R. followed by Wayne C. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Uh, my name, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Oh, very good. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Nancy R. I'm indeed a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. And uh, I, we've really been to school this morning. I've really been to school this morning. I want to thank all of the uh, previous persons who shared uh, who shared the history. A lot, a lot of it I wasn't aware of. Uh, and that it's so important to know where you come from. Um, the operative word, I, there's only one word I want to speak about in this reading today, the word frantic. It says, this brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries. And uh, I really think that's a state that I had to be in in order to accept this program and uh, for a long time, it used to really bother me. I used to really feel bad because um, I t I, I'm committed to two face-to-face -face meetings here in this little area that I live in. And we have people, it's like a revolving door. No, it's not It's not a revolving door because when the revol revolving door, you come back in. It's like an open and closed door. People come in, they come up to a few meetings, and then they don't come back. And um, for a long time... I really felt that, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't doing enough. I, you know, I, I try to follow up with people with phone calls, and I try to uh, really be of service. But um, I think a person has to be truly frantic. I know I had to be really frantic. And a lot of people come in, and they don't, they want to lose weight. They really, I mean, that's why they come to lose weight. But I think in order for, and I can only speak for myself, in order for me, to uh, humble myself and to be willing and teachable and to do the work that's involved in, in uh, uh, recovery, I had to really be frantic. And so uh, my job is to be available. Uh, I can't help anybody that doesn't want to be helped. And um, I and, and I can't. Uh, I, I mean, I don't have the power to do that. So um, thank you so much for letting me share um, Thank you for everyone who shared today. I've really got a lot out of our session today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Nancy. And Wayne C., you're next. Please, good morning. Wayne, press the... Anita. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, good, good comments and... Um, yeah, it's for me the spirit 
of this paragraph really talks about the idea of, um, you know, this, you know, sort of what Visions is doing now, which is phone, uh, phone, um, you know, recovery, and it's, you know, um, meaning I, you know, do, doing the recovery over the phone. Like I got a sponsor, we do it over the phone. We read the book. We go through the steps over the phone. And I mean, th- these guys, it, it, you know, by all appearances, look like they did quite a bit of stuff through the mail. I'm, I'm sure, you know, somebody was picking up the phone, and uh, I, I want to believe that there was some degree of of uh, guidance provided over the phone uh, back in the day. Uh, and so, it's possible to do this thing, you know, in in, in using using the mail and using the phone. I guess email, text now. <laughs> Imagine if they had text then, you know. But you know, it's amazing how those uh, this stuff can be done. Um, you know, much can be done. Well, a lot, uh, everything, almost uh, seemingly that that needs to be done can be done through these mediums in terms of just recovery, working the steps, and, and the beginning of a spiritual experience. And, and I think that's kind of what I'm. You know, I would say that yeah, that's. That's sort of the message I can carry that you know, this, if there's willingness and uh, and you know honesty and open-mindedness, um, then you know certainly um, recovery can can be initiated, uh, and and that's that's my experience. And uh, yeah, it's it's really really uh, neat how there's a there's a thread and a, a parallel and the same sort of spirit of um, processes at play uh, and so yeah there's lots of lots there's no reason why anybody I mean if I can recover shucks anybody can can recover uh, type thing so I wish everybody a good 24 thanks Anita for your service to Alpastics thank you very much Wayne and good morning Shannon F you're up Hi there, this is Shannon F. in Duluth, Minnesota, where it is cold and it is snowing, Um, but so grateful to be alive because of the program. Anyway, I think me personally, if there was a book that said Alcoholics and God, I probably would have ran the other way. Um, So I'm really grateful that um, they allowed even more attraction rather than promotion in the field of spirituality, where we had to come into the rooms and really start digging into the big book um, to really understand and give the term God a chance. Um, and, you know, I just, I really, um, I leech off of these stories and the history of AA and how they sacrificed so much because um, I don't know about you guys, but addiction can definitely make me a lazy person. Like, I definitely rock laziness in many areas of my life, especially when it's needed. So when I start to think of, like, you know, reaching out to new people, I try and leech off the energy of these early members and know that if they, you know, can save masses of amounts of people by channeling God, um, then maybe I can just at least call at least one newcomer, like baby steps to success here. And that has really started to spiral my recovery upward, um, where the people that are newcomers that I've called or really reached out to 
um, have said, you know, whatever you shared has really helped. And I knew that if I would, wouldn't have opened my mouth or really reached out from the heart, um, who knows if they would have come back. I mean, really. So um, I find that, you know, if I'm a person where I can really get distracted by, I don't know, scrolling on Facebook or whatever other stupid activities I can get into, I always remember the history of these awesome men and women and how they just, you know, put on their business pants and really just reached out to people. Um, So if I can really just download a little bit of their energy, I can really help others um, come back to OA, help them really understand that opening up the steps is worth it. And we all owe it to ourselves to reach out to everybody that we possibly can that's suffering Um, because it really is a gift and as long as we're ready to open that gift and receive it. So that's what comes up through my crazy noggin this morning. Um, Take it or leave it. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Shannon F. And Mike, Mike from Florida, you're up next. And what's the initial of your last name, please? Mike, press star one. Hi, S is in snow. Okay, thank um, you. And um, I just want to fast forward from the from this paragraph to 2015, the International Alcoholics Anonymous Convention, with a 35th million volume of this book was presented, and that's just mind-boggling to me. And I then went to the OA.org website and saw that there were 6,800 OA meetings in over 50 countries. And I'm blessed for our fellowship and blessed for the growth that came out of this paragraph and all that we've read out of this book. And that's what I have to share. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you very much, Mike. Yes, from Florida. And we have time for another one. Carrie S. Carrie S. All right. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Good morning. This is Carrie S., uh, Gratefully Recovering Colorado. And just wanted to say good morning to my brothers and sisters, the Colorado clan of twos and threes popping up. It's been just such an amazing journey here and um, just wanted to give credit where credit is due and thank um, thank Harlan for coming and sharing his history with us recently at the convention. Um, being willing to go to any lengths to connect with somebody has been um, just such a God-given journey for me and I just have this example where yesterday I had a, a newcomer's phone number written on a piece of paper, and I could not find that piece of paper, but I was going to any lengths to connect, and I had even I'd gotten into my car and was at the last second before leaving my house, was like, I remember the jacket. I put the phone number in, and I get out of my car, and I go into my house. I get the number, and, and to me, that, that action, taking that action is exactly what God wants us to do to get out of ourselves, to be able to connect with others. And um, just by the grace of God and, and this, this meeting and the energy that all of us are putting together, it's this 
ripple effect of grit and, and perseverance. And it is just is enlivening my life in, in such amazing ways. And in knowing the history behind this book um, is, it's just touching so many lives. Um, so I'm really, really grateful to be on this line. And, um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carrie. Yes. Well, I think I'm going to take the last share, and it's because um, what has so Anita J here has been so impressed with the dedication and the fervor from the very beginning that these recovered alcoholics exhibited, and until I got rocketed. Yes, I can use the word rocketed. Uh, after doing this process again through Vision for You, um, I didn't understand how anyone could do all that. You know that now I understand it. It's it's like that's what was missing in any other time. I did not have the true message of depth and weight. A depth and weight message compels you to keep going and reaching out and saying yes, and uh, wanting, you know, wanting to give everybody the opportunity. And I've learned that, you know, I might just be a little cog in the person's journey, not the not the one where they get their aha moment and get rocketed and do the real work required. But I can see now that the spiritual condition, which all of this is built on in me, has to come through my helping others. Not from finding a better meditation. I'm not saying we're throwing any of that out. Of course we're not. But Or better prayers, more interesting prayers. None of that. It's the reaching out, one of one hand to another. It is so moving. And that they started that back, back in the 30s. And... Um, I, for one, am very, very grateful. And with that, I pass. Uh, thank you, all of you, for sharing and sharing your, your own life in this journey and sharing the history. Please join us now for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Julia please read a vision for you? Julie? Press star one to unmute. Anita J, this is Melanie. I can do that. Oh, Hi, here's you. We are Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. 
We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.